The first reading is from Mark chapter 15, verses 1 through to 20. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin reached a decision. They bound Jesus, led him away, and turned him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the feast to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of envy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spat on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to build and destroy, going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him amongst themselves. He saved others, they said but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, 
Come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood there in front of Jesus, heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Even the briefest reflection on the cross and indeed all these hymns and the reading and prayers, the purpose of being here today is to reflect on this supreme sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. It's a place where opposites meet the highest joy and the deepest sorrow, the sweetest peace, and yet broken hearts and lives. The cross is the place of extremity and tragedy. From a human standpoint, a place of profound injustice. From a divine perspective, the only means of true forgiveness and reconciliation between God and man. And the human tragedy, as it seems, is a divine triumph. And in that, our faith and hope rests. I guess it's the place of the, great, the greatest escape. And in these seven sayings of the cross, which people are reflecting on today and have been in what's called Holy Week. Think for a moment of these seven, the first three of the sayings, as you can read them in the Gospels yourself, focus on others. For example, Father, forgive them. And to one of the thieves, today you will be with me in paradise. And the third, making provision for his mother. The central statement is focused on God with that haunting cry which 
Theologians call the cry of abandonment or dereliction. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the last three center upon himself. His body, his physical need. I thirst, I thirst. And his spirit His soul, it is finished. Purpose of redemption complete. And that final act of submission to his Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The cross, the place of great extremity of escape. But for us, The place of exchange as we see him as our sin bearer, our great substitute who comes in our place. And people from different perspectives and walks of life have found refuge and hope. We'll take one. Think of the two thieves. Who were they? What what was their background? Listen to this, side by side. We grew up as thieves, my brother and I. Well, you'd know if you'd been there. Those market streets in Jerusalem, it's easy to snatch from stalls and pockets. Then we progress to knives, it's quicker. We got bolder, side by side. We worked our patch, took the consequences when we were caught. Then, on the crosses separated. Who and why the one in the middle? My fool of a brother didn't want to know him. Bravado for sure. Couldn't he see Jesus was the one? We should have met him years before. And in spite of everything, He was offering to enter heaven. Side by side with me. And later that day, there we were. It's also simple, isn't it, really? So from great theological perspectives or in the raw human need, The cross is the place of the great exchange. It is, however, the place where consequences come into sharp focus. Two thieves. Yes, that none need perish, but that none should presume. And surely Good Friday is not a place of presumptuous sins. I hope we know this Lord Jesus and trust him and reach out to him and experience all over again or perhaps for the very first time an assurance of his sweet forgiveness. The cross. We could put it 
in conclusion, in a negative way. Without the cross, love and justice of God are never fully understood. Without the cross, the seriousness of our sin is not properly appreciated. Without the cross, the grounds of our salvation are not established. And you know, without the cross, even believers can become proud and forgetful of their total dependence on God's grace. For all of us, the cross is pivotal and crucial. And as in a moment we will take bread and drink of this cup, let's take to heart the sweetness of the cross.